Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Falcoholic Podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live. This is your host, Kevin Knight, reminding you to check out the show live on YouTube on Wednesday nights at 8.10 p.m. Eastern. We also encourage you to check out our Patreon page where you can unlock exclusive perks, including access to a patron Q&A session where we take Falcons questions for about 30 minutes to an hour. That's a lot of fun. You can find that page at patreon.com slash falcoholiclive. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. What is up? Welcome to episode 147 of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, joined by a full house of co-hosts this evening. First of all, we have with us Adnan Ikic at Say Which Way. Adnan, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, Kevin. You know, uh, I've digested uh, the Julio news from a few days ago. If you haven't uh, seen our Julio jo- Julio Jones reaction show, we did that on Monday. That's on that's on YouTube. I recommend checking that out. But you know, I'm glad to be making my triumphant return to the weekly show this week. Yes, we're happy to have Anon back. Uh, you know, we 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 respect your need to take you know a break from the show. Uh, and you know, we're, we're just happy to have you back in the fold. So. It, it wasn't even like me taking a break from it. It no. was just like everything. It was, it was just, things were just happening on like Wednesdays. Yeah. Like I was on a flight a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so it, it was just like, all right, I couldn't like do, I couldn't do the show from the airplane. Although I did consider it, but the Wi-Fi was so shitty. Oh, it's I terrible. Couldn't. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, it wasn't yeah, going it, to work. So I appreciate, and, and, you know, the effort you put in to try to call in from the airplane. And I'm yeah, sure everyone and, around you would have really enjoyed that as well. But right, that that would have been a, a legendary <laughs> episode, if we're being honest. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, and in truth, the Hawks were playing last week, so I I I gave that my full undivided attention. Yeah, you know, I guess I don't blame you for that one. So we'll, we'll let you off the hook this time. But uh, <laughs> you know, going forward, you better shape up, young man. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, don't don't let Dave know. It's a good thing Dave doesn't watch the show. Yeah, so. yeah, we're good. We're totally good. Yep. All right. We also have with us Evan Birchfield at the very easy to remember at Evan Birchfield on Twitter. Evan, how are you doing this evening? I'm well, Kevin. Um, yeah, let's talk about more Julio stuff. It seems yes. like we were just we're not going to linger on it but... for too long. We, we've been talking about yeah. it a lot. I'm sure everyone still, you know, has stuff. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to still, you know, talk about it a little bit. And, you know, speaking of great co-hosts we have joining us now. Eric Robinson, he is on Twitter at underscore Eric underscore Robinson. Just so on time, it's unbelievable. Uh, So right in time for his introduction. Eric, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good, guys. How y'all doing? We're good, man. We're good. So we're going to talk a little bit more about Julio Jones. You know, we're going to probably talk more about some legacy, some legacy (laughs) stuff, our favorite Julio moments, that sort of thing. Um, Because we've talked about, I think, the mechanics of the trade and the value and that sort of stuff quite a bit. Um, 
So we'll, we'll talk about some more, you know, remembrance type of stuff, and then we'll get right into mandatory minicamp. There have been a few storylines coming out of there uh, that are interesting and uh, some reports and obviously the Calvin Ridley news, which is not a huge deal, but it's worth talking about for sure. And then we will uh, we will go from there. We'll take your questions and, you know, not a ton going on, obviously, because it is pretty much the dead zone. But uh, we got stuff to talk about. We're happy to be here to talk about it with you guys. Uh, before we jump in, I do want to remind folks to like and subscribe, all those good YouTube things. And also... Uh, to remind people that we are having our next patron Q&A session on Friday at 4 o'clock. Uh, we know for sure that the Falcoholic himself, Dave Choate, will be there to answer your questions about hashtag Dave Me or other topics, um, as well as myself and some other folks. So uh, if you're interested in taking part in that, obviously, patrons, uh, you guys are already in there. If you're not already a patron, you can sign up on the Patreon website, patreon.com slash Live. Uh, and all you have to do is be signed up by Friday at 4 p.m. to get the link to the show. That's a lot of fun, and I think we're going to be trying to incorporate some extra special guests uh, over the next few months here as well. So definitely check that out, folks. Uh, but let's uh, let's let's do a, a final you know recap of the Julio Jones situation for those that maybe were on vacation and were living under a rock. Julio Jones was traded to the Titans for a 2020 two second round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick. And the Falcons also sent a 2023 sixth round pick as a part of the deal. Um, so we, you know, we kind of all are a little bit less than enthused with the trade compensation, but kind of view it as ultimately rather fair. You know, you probably would have liked to get better than fair compensation for uh, a player of Julio's caliber, but, you know, considering the salary cap needs of the team and the fact that Julio obviously didn't want to be here anymore, it was uh, kind of an inevitability and it had to happen and uh, all that stuff. But, um, you know, now that we've had a little bit more time to process it, um, how are you guys feeling about the team now uh, with Julio officially in Tennessee now seeing the roster as it is, knowing that we have this extra money, Eric, I'll, I'll give you the first chance to weigh in here. You know, how do you feel? Has your opinion on the team drastically changed in terms of their competitiveness in, in 2021 based on the Julio Jones trade? Yeah, for the most part, um, you know, I, I thought that with Julio, with Ridley, with Pitts, the ceiling was definitely a top five offense. Like I, I thought this was going to be a unit that can be one of the best in the league. Um, just given that aspect, let alone if they improved in the run game this year, which we kind of sort of expect them to. Um, now that Julio is out of the picture, I still expect them to be a solid offense, but I don't think they're going to come anywhere near elite status, in my opinion, um, because that element of Julio is gone. And that's a very important um and dangerous element that opposing defenses have to be mindful of every game um so you know it's i, I do think the team is is going to be fairly competitive are they going to make the playoffs i don't i'm really not certain about that now mm-hmm. um i thought with julio in tow i thought they could have really nailed down a wild card spot now i think 
it's kind of up in the air a little bit. Yeah, it's um, going to depend a lot on Arthur Smith. Like, I think yeah. we're all excited about Arthur Smith, but like, you know, he's going to have to do a lot more work now than he would have had to do having the pairing of Julio Jones and Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley. That kind of elite league leading weapons um, makes it easier for anyone, even an elite offensive coordinator. Um, you know, I, I agree with Eric. Like, I think. I could I could have seen with Julio, you know, this offense potentially contending for, you know, a top three offense. Uh, if, if everything went according to plan, if the offensive line was firing on all cylinders and, you know, Arthur Smith was as advertised. Now, I, I think they're still likely to be a top 10 offense overall, but the difference between top 10 and top three is huge. Um, you know, sure. because if you go back to 2016, the Falcons were number one. And the number two team scored, I think, five less points per game than the Falcons did. So it's like that's a, an enormous, you know, gap between number we're, one and number two. Last so year. I think in scoring they were very mediocre, like sixteenth or seventeenth. Um, in yards, I think they were top ten, but uh, the scoring offense was a problem under Dirk Cutter, and it always was. Twenty twelve was like an exception to that, but it's because of the red zone efficiency, honestly. So maybe that's, you know, maybe you could see the team not necessarily having the yardage that they had last year, but if the red zone efficiency got a lot better, they could score more points probably because they were 28th in the red zone last year. So uh, (laughs) there's certainly opportunities to improve, but in terms of wide receiver production overall, uh, probably not going to replicate what they had last year. Uh, Just, and you you just can't replace a player of Julio Jones's caliber. So that's obviously a, a net loss there. But uh, Adnan, I'll go to you next year. What's you know how has this trade and the loss of Julio Jones affected your your outlook on the 2021 season? Oh, I mean, of course, it's it impacts this season. It impacts the team in the short term negatively, because I mean, how could it not? Yeah. Julio Jones is an elite wide receiver, and you know you're of course gonna do better and you're gonna win more games with Julio Jones than you will with a future second round pick. You know, at at the helm, a second round pick, which you're not going to make until after next season happens. So, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of shaken my outlook a little bit. You know, I'm with Eric in that I don't know if this team is going to make the playoffs. I think they'll they'll at, at the very least be in contention for a wild card throughout the season just because the schedule is a lot lighter this year because you are a fourth place team. You're facing a fourth place schedule this year. And uh, there's going to be some regression to the mean. Mm -hmm. I think uh, we went what? Oh, and seven in one possession games last year, which is, it was really, you know, that almost the worst ever. I think Oh, and eight is the worst ever. So, yeah. So it's like normally teams are closer to that 500 mark when it comes to those one possession games. It was just a really unlucky year. And just having Arthur Smith, uh, as an upgrade, a massive, massive upgrade over Dirk Cutter in regards to play calling. The Tennessee Titans red zone offense was what number one mm-hmm. each of the last two years. Lot, the Tennessee, yeah. the Tennessee Titans offense uh, as a whole was in the top three, I think, in in scoring each of the past two years. And you know, uh, at, at the risk of uh, Titans fans trying to come at my neck for this, it, that's with a, a rather mediocre quarterback in Ryan Tannehill at the helm. Um, <laughs> So it, it's um, Arthur Smith has has proven his medal with with the Titans. He's a very innovative offensive mind. He's very very analytical. 
And that's a massive upgrade from Dirk Cutter, who was one of the least analytical offensive coordinators in the NFL. But, you know, it's still you're losing a lot of talent in Julio Jones. But at least being in contention, that's a lot more that you can say than uh, than what we've seen from the past three years. Because the past three years, November 1st comes, uh, you know, even last year, October 1st comes and you're already like completely down and out. Um, yeah. I what well, we were one in seven a couple of years ago, owned five to start last year. I don't think we could be any worse than that. And you know that was that was with Julio Jones. Yeah, right. yeah, so, yeah. I, I, I think I think they'll be one of those teams that's when it's week sixteen or seventeen, they need a win and some help to get in the playoffs. Yeah. I think they're yeah. going to be like one of those teams. So basically, yeah. like like we were in twenty fifteen. So right. it's like they were yeah, still alive basically. when they beat the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Uh, but they still needed some help. And if there was a seventh wild card spot, the Falcons would have been that seventh wild card spot right. in 2015. And the extra wild card spot, it definitely helps. Yeah. Um, so uh, I I think we'll be I, – I don't think we're good enough to dethrone the Buccaneers – no, this season, I don't think so. Uh, you know, that's their different. But with with everything else uh, working from us, with those upgrades that you know I mentioned, the regret, the positive regression, Arthur Smith, the easier schedule. Uh, I think they'll be like in there somewhere. You know, in that contention, I would be a lot more distraught if this was a um, if this was a team that had a Super Bowl window right now and they traded Julio Jones. Then it's like, you know, then you can look back at the trade like, oh, like, you know, that that was terrible. But, you know, this team was a 4-1 team last year with Julio, despite, you know, it did have a lot of bad luck. But, you know, even with Julio Jones, this team probably wasn't doing this team's ceiling was probably the divisional round. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like, I, I think that, you know, by the way, I'm not sure the people, you know, what you got on tonight, by the way. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> Twizzlers sent me a shirt and they sent me like a few boxes of Twizzlers. Like so, a year's supply of yeah, Twizzlers. Like they a sent bunch this of Twizzlers. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, they, they watch the show. So, you know, big thank you to Twizzlers. I have one like right here. Yep. And, you know, I've been sharing with my friends as well because the best way, you know, to enjoy Twizzlers is to share them with, uh, with your friends as well. But yeah, that's, this is like one of the coolest things that's like happened and you know this this has been such a cool thing to like have happen uh it's something that that i never thought would happen back when we were doing our facebook live shows in front of 20 (laughs) people a few years ago so it it just shows how much the show has grown and we gotta we gotta get those sponsors now though Right. Hey, yeah, this man. is not an official yeah. sponsorship, but you know they right. did send on on like your well. supply of Twizzlers. So I mean, you I know, mean, Admin is pretty much a, 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 a advertisement for him right, right now. Brand well. ambassador. Yeah, hey, bro. Lo- yeah. hey, bro. Low key, I have been eating these things for the past the like few months. Eating, the show. <laughs> poor, poor Admin. He's eating Twizzlers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner just to yeah. try to get rid of these things. Exactly. Might as well just stamp the show, Twizzlers. Might exactly. Well. But you know, yeah, Twizzlers. I mean, hey. Look, yeah, Twizzlers are the perfect candy to enjoy while you're talking Look, about they go your script Jones's, right there. you know, trade departure. So <laughs> they go your script right there. There you go. Twizzlers. The yeah, and I can come like, up. I right can there. come up with some bangers, Twizzlers. Just give me a chance. <laughs> yeah, so bro. you know, yeah, yeah. Just let us know. You know, I mean, we're very open to collaboration. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure D- Dave is probably going to like pocket all all of the change from it. Right. Because, you know, Dave is going to yeah, take no. some off the top. You know, as is his right. You know, but <laughs> you know, we'll get some of that trickle down, right? So yeah, <laughs> trickle down economics. You exactly. Know. Exactly. But uh, yeah, no, that's very cool, Twizzlers. Thank you. I'm sure Adnan uh, will have more thanks, Twizzlers than he thanks. could ever possibly eat. So thanks, guys, for that. But uh, yeah, let me read off George Costanza's uh, donation real quick. George Costanza with the $5. George, again, thank you for your support, man. He says, you heard it here first. I think Julio is going to have a down year in Tennessee. I think long term we're better off without his contract around our neck. I'd love to keep him here. Uh, if we can increase our D a little because of his departure, we may be better off long term. So, I mean, the financial part of the deal is huge for the Falcons. And, you know, we talked about it early in the offseason that <clears throat> I think we thought it was going to be more like 2022 early on um, that they were going to be considering moving on from players like Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and stuff like that. But um, sooner or later, they were going to have to decide between one of those guys because the the cap charge of both of them with both of them getting up there in age, like th- there was going to be a time where they would have to decide one or the other. So, um, you know, they, it was a little bit earlier than we thought, but that extra cap flexibility, they won't necessarily see too much of it in 2022, but in 2023, they'll, you know, there's like 20 something million off the books, uh, I'm, from this deal. So apparently I'm one of the few that feel Julio is still going to be Julio for the next yeah. two or three years. I mean, I think like, if I he's, just, I think if he's healthy, he's still going to be really good. So. I don't, I don't <laughs> see, I don't see if there's a drop off it's because of Ryan Tannehill, not because of Julio Jones. Right. I just, I just don't, I don't see that. I think he's going to be one of those type of athletes, kind of sort of like Terrell Owens, who at 36, 37, 38 was still playing incredible. I mean, he was putting up thousand yard seasons in Cincinnati. He was playing alongside Chad Johnson. So, I mean, it's just, I think Julio is still going to be in that realm. And I don't, for some of the fans that feel the team is better by moving on from them or the team is going to be fine by moving on from them. I I'm not with that, man. This is, this is Julio Jones. We're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I don't like, think you could say the team's going to be better. You could say they're better off financially, but in terms of like on the field performance, it's pretty, they're going to miss him yeah, on the field. They're going to miss him. <laughs> there's no I way you, you can't. And like maybe yeah. Kyle Pitts turns into a, like a dynamic weapon, but the chance of him being a Julio Jones type talent, is in very low, one. especially in year one. Like, but yeah. like Julio Jones is maybe the best wide receiver of all time. So like, we shouldn't put that sort of expectation on Pitts. Like, right. if he's just the best tight end of all time, he's still not necessarily going to be on Julio's level right. as a receiver. So that's, that's like that's like the that's that's like the Lions hypothetically the Lions moving on from Calvin Johnson because he got traded to another team and you mm. the Lions are just like well we'll be fine we'll move on without him. I mean no like he's <laughs> no yeah. he's that important to the team to the yeah. offense. It's just they're again Julio. They're going to miss Julio this year. Yeah, they me. definitely will miss Julio this year. But uh, you can't underrate just how important the financials is, because who would you hypothetically rather have over the next three or four years, Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley? Because they're going to have to pay Calvin Ridley pretty soon too, and you can't pay that much money for two wide receivers when your defense is in shambles the way it is. Well, right. see, here's here's the caveat to that. When Calvin came into the league, Calvin was 24, mm-hmm. so he's going to be looking for a new deal, and he's pretty much on the doorstep of that 30 year old age, which is like the death age for most positions in the NFL. Once you hit 30. 
teams expect a drop off at that point. He'll be 27. Right. He'll be 27 in December of this year, and mm-hmm. that's when you're looking at, at the new contract. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so like he'll be technically he'll turn 28 during the 2022 season, but right. I mean that's why they're going to be looking to do this deal next year more than likely. So if they do a four or five year extension, you know, that deal is going through his 32 33 season. Um and so they don't have, you know, they can see I think and I think Calvin Ridley is like the type of receiver that's going to age well because He's never been a guy that's like relied on being this super dynamic athlete. The route runners, you know, the guys that are uh, really savvy and smart, they, you know, like the Larry Fitzgeralds. Like Larry Fitz obviously has great size, but he was never this like incredible burner downfield. He was always winning with his savvy, with his route running and, you know, winning at the catch point. I think those guys, you know, they can have longer careers, but. Anquan Bolden. Another yeah, one, yeah. Another, another guy that just, mm-hmm. you know, the older he got, the better he became as a route runner. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just able to to extend his career in that way. So we'll see. We'll see when it comes for Ridley. But again, I just I just wanted one year with Julio with this offense. That would have been really fun. Whatever they did next offseason is whatever they did. I just wanted one year. I just want to see defenses shit themselves for 17 games looking at Ridley. Pitts and Julio on the field. Like, that would have been a lot of fun, and I think we underrate yeah. the fun aspect of things sometimes. Mm-hmm. We, as Falcons fans, but, we haven't had great opportunity. Yeah, go ahead, Evan. Yeah, yeah. What sucks too is like thinking, okay, at best, if this team was a wild card team, it's like we're going to think instantly. Like, could you imagine if they had Julio still on the right. roster? They could have like, been oh, a divisional yeah. team mm-hmm. or making a conference. Yeah. Like he's that type of player. You know, if he's healthy going into like a playoff game with you. Like, he's an absolute asset to the team, and I think that is, for some reason, being easily forgotten. Probably more of the, you want to be able to cheer for the Falcons and not feel like we lost. And I get that. Fans do that. We did it with Kyle Shanahan, where we acted like it was no big deal losing him. But, you know, that's part of the NFL. You're going to lose good players and good people um, on your staff, and, you know, there's no reason to hate on Julio or think he's – I'm, I'm with Eric. I think he, he can be absolutely great for the Titans. I think what's really going to lead for his success in the future is more of a Ryan Tannehill problem or uh, the whole, you know, we have Arthur Smith now problem that the Titans are going to face. Yeah. Um, but I don't think there's a Julio problem. As long as he's healthy, he's freaking Julio Jones. His stats last year weren't garbage. When he played, he was good. Um so, and I, I think I think that's the other thing that quickly gets swept under the rug by fans is like last year he could have played if we were like a playoff team, mm-hmm. and like I think he shut down. I think that's where it kind of started. Like, okay, I'm out of here next year or something. I think yeah. that had to play into it too because of the time he missed. Like, it got he got shut down super early last year. He yeah. may not have. He was more week to week, but like I think mentally he probably was like checked out. But ju- just to look at it from the other side of things, too, and I completely agree with you guys, Julio is Julio. Like, you're not going to be able to replace him. You're not going to be able to replace that much production this year. But even if you had Julio this year and it's super fun, you're still, you still weren't going to win the Super Bowl. So it's you move on from him, and it sucks. But, you know, you can – this team was so financially crippled, and this goes back to Thomas Dimitrov. Like this team's financials were terrible in that you had five or six players who who owned the majority of the salary cap. Yeah. And then everyone else, you, you were basically like plugging up the holes. At the very least with this, and you know, of course I I've 
I'm sad that we did trade Julio Jones. I'm sad that it came to this point. But now they can at least rebuild the team somewhat financially, and this will give them flexibility moving forward to shore up some of those defensive positions that you know we really haven't that we really haven't had for the past decade plus. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm one of those that feel that hypothetically, if they were able to make the wild card this year with Julio on board, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, didn't B- Buffalo made the AFC title game last year and they were in a wild card. Mm-hmm. They had a wild card home game. They beat the Colts. Yep. Um, I would also argue that Buffalo is a better team than us. But, well, yeah, they are. The principle of just being in the playoffs, like you never know. You can get mm-hmm. on a run. And with an offense like that, that offense, uh, that that type of offense, definitely could have been clicking on all cylinders when the playoffs came around, and they would have been a tough out. At the very least, I felt like if they were a ten and seven team making a wild card, they'll be one of those wild card teams that you don't want to play in in the opening round because they're just dangerous as hell. Yeah, I I don't know. I I I, I didn't expect a Super Bowl run, but I felt like if, if they were able to do it. If they were able to get things going on offense with Julio, with Pitts, with really, I, I feel like they were they are capable of making a run. But yeah, we'll we'll see how it is we'll now. I, like I said, I don't think I I, I want to say ten wins is the ceiling, but I'm I'll feel comfortable and just say nine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nine. I, I mean, I think. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think like yeah, and I definitely want to talk about like record predictions and you know how we're feeling about the roster as a whole in just a second. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I think that. Uh, that's pretty reasonable, honestly. Um, yeah. yeah. Let me uh, let me read some more from George here. Uh, George wants to clarify that he doesn't think like Cleo Jones is going to play poorly. Just that with his with his age, he he's worried about his injury, like possible injury history continuing. You know, he's had some nagging injuries while he hasn't missed a lot of games. There's been a lot of times where he's you know played at seventy percent or eighty percent or ninety percent. Um, and like paying him the twenty three million a year that we were, uh, it was going to keep us from improving other areas of the roster. Um, so he thinks that you know net eventually over you know the next two or three years, the benefit of that having that contract off the books, you know, may be enough to to kind of offset the loss of of what Julio could bring. So. A lot of and a lot of people are using what happened last year against Julio, but a lot of people are not pointing out the fact that the team mismanaged that injury. He he played when he probably shouldn't have been playing. Um, the New Orleans game, the home, the the first game in New Orleans, where he was pretty much gone for like three quarters. Mm-hmm. He he shouldn't have been out there. And there were times he when he got hurt, he was still playing against Dallas, and he had that hurt hamstring because that's remember that's when he dropped the test down. Yeah. And of course, he was also on the field for the. Uh, the um the uh the the kickoff yeah so like he played they forced they kind of sort of pushed him out there even though Julio was obviously not one hundred percent so I I think he's getting a lot of punishment because of that and no one's pointing out the fact that the team played him when they shouldn't have because he was he got hurt in Dallas and I'm correct me if I'm wrong he missed what three games after that and then he came back for the minnesota game 
He came back yeah. to the Green Bay game, but then he left that game early. Exactly. So, and that was what? That was the third game. Uh, Green game. Bay was the fourth game. That so was the fourth he, game, and then got hurt that's when Ridley. He played against Detroit. Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah, he did. He Ridley. played against Detroit. It wasn't much. He was out there, mm-hmm. but he played. Yeah, he was hurt. For, he got hurt in week two. He played. He missed week three. Missed week three, and he played. And the, Play a little bit in week yeah. four and five. Yeah, he he missed the Bears game, mm-hmm. uh, and then he he left the Packers game early. Right. I don't know if he played against the Panthers or not, but he was definitely back for uh, the game against the Vikings. Yeah, and he also played against yeah. the. I know he played against the Lions because, of course, yeah. that's when they wore the gradient uniforms, and he. Yeah. I remember he yeah. was out there that day. like he. So he, he played against the Lions. He, he he missed the he missed the Panthers game. He the missed the Panthers first Panthers game. game, the home game. But basically what we're saying is the team, he he was out there for a good three games when he shouldn't have been out there. He shouldn't have been playing. And, again, it made it worse, in my opinion. Um, of course, they were fighting for their lives. They were winless at that point, so they needed right, right. as much as they needed to get out there. But at the same time, it's like, man, I don't want to bash Julio for being, quote, unquote, hurt most of the year last year when the team – damn near just threw him out there and he wasn't supposed to be out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. But it, Plus, it, it, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he like gave up on the team or anything. I was just saying, because I would make that conscious decision. If I was leaving, uh, like if I had it made up in my mind that I wanted out, like I'm not going to go out there and re injure or make, right. you know, damage my, you know, damage my body even more. That's right. what I was just saying. Yeah. yeah, but but on the other hand, it is fair to say that he he did miss a lot of those. And even though he didn't miss like games in the past, and that's that was an unfair narrative that Julio is constantly injury prone because he hasn't been missing that many games. He did miss a lot of those third downs, and he did miss some of those moments in in, in the, some of those crucial third down moments in those games. And I know Jeff Schultz on the podcast a few days ago mm-hmm, mm-hmm. said that basically. Julio Jones got to decide. He got free reign over himself, over over self decisions about when to come out in and out of the game. He insinuated it basically under Dan Quinn, yeah. and that Dan Quinn basically had just let him do whatever he wanted with it. I think I saw a stat a few years ago that Julio's only played like 78 percent of third downs, whereas the best wide receiver is, of course, like you know you want your star players out yeah, there on third. Always. That's money mm-hmm. down. Yeah, that's the money. So that, that that is that is a fair that is a fair criticism for people to make as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, all right, we got three dollars from George once again. Thank you, George. Uh, he says, "If we do make the postseason this year, and I believe we will, we'll definitely miss having Julio because the postseason is all about matchups. However, getting the postseason and winning the postseason they aren't the same thing. Also, for Adnan, how about Trey Young? Go Hawks!" Go Hawks, you know, 1-1, <laughs> coming back home. I'll be uh, at State Farm Arena on Friday. You know, it's, it's going to be rocking on Friday, and I'll be there on Monday as well. So, you know, it's, uh, it's an exciting time to be a Hawks fan after three rebuilding years. And, you know, hopefully hopefully we'll have the Falcons giving us that excitement <laughs> as well uh, in the nice. coming years. You know, see, I'm a professional. See how I segue this back. I did. Back I, I, yes. Talk. Total professional. And, here. and real, real quick, going off off of uh, George George's comment, you know, when we all know, man, when Julio's in the playoffs, he takes it to another level. 
So oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. They're definitely going to miss that aspect, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah he, he'd never go out there and be, like, zero catches in a playoff game. Like, exactly. Uh, like some wide receivers in the division who exactly. apparently are, are crowned as, like, the best wide receiver. Exactly. <laughs> he, 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 he prides on embarrassing defenses in the playoffs. <laughs> yes, thing. absolutely. So we're going to miss that for sure. All right, so we're going to wrap up our Julio Jones discussion with – uh, our favorite Julio Jones moments. I'm gonna go first because I'm gonna steal the best one in my opinion, which is uh, oh. the uh, the Packers uh, playoff game where he like like literally just ran over three defenders on route to that uh, touchdown. Uh, that was def- That was on my birthday that you know, NFC Championship game, uh, and then seeing him like just literally destroy the entire secondary and just like push him off. Uh, that was just. Uh, that was amazing, and I'll always remember that as my favorite Julio Jones moment. Evan, I'll let you take the next. Cra- oh, did you have something on that one? No, I was going to say the thing about that um, about that play it was that was the kill shot. Yeah, like that was. was the play where you knew everyone knew, like, all right, this is it. We're going to the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, because yeah. even before that, even when it was twenty-four nothing at the half, I still wasn't like I was sure still nervous. Yes. if we were going to win, like I was definitely nervous. <laughs> I remember being more nervous when it was seventeen nothing than I was at the beginning of the game because <laughs> remember, then they showed that San Francisco highlight. Remember when he took that hit in the middle of the field and landed on his head, and he bounced right back up? Like you yep. just the the juice was flowing in, man. Yeah, that's, it was that's that. Yeah, yeah, that was a great game. That was a great yeah, game. and because yeah, after that like touchdown, especially like that was celebration time. That, oh, yeah. After that, it was just like all right, like now we're just blowing them out of the water. Yeah, like, the ke- the, not, like not, Tevin Coleman scored yeah. and Julio scored. And it was yeah, like, right, like not yeah. not even the Falcons are blowing a thirty-one point lead. Yeah, yeah. You know, we talk. We'll talk about you know smaller leads than that. Never safe, but thirty-one points so far unassailable so yeah if we uh, had a 31 point lead in the super bowl you know yeah that would have been yeah yeah we would have been enough exactly i mean 29 point like having 20 scoring 29 points any more than 28 really would have been enough so yeah if if we had a 26 (laughs) point lead you know it would have been enough exactly so but yeah evan uh your favorite julio jones moment from his time with the team well it was definitely what kevin said that's probably the favorite for a lot of people Mm -hmm. just because of how he made like grown men look like children just yes. how we just kind of ran through them and stuff but so i'm a i'm a also steal because i'm it's probably one of eric or adnan's but the luke heakley catch i think is it. one of the <laughs> sorry actually i did i say luke heakley i no, meant uh, the one where he ripped it from the patriots no it's fine it's fine you can take that i call dibs on going next by the way oh okay oh okay well, you know what? I'm gonna let Eric talk about that one. I'm gonna go with the Patriots one where he. No, 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 I, no, I no. Keep, keep, keep the Keekly one. Okay. I got, well, I got the, the, okay. The Keekly one is just absurd. I know it was against a linebacker, but Luke Keekly was, you know, through the two, ten. Uh, I guess that'd be 2010. You know, to he retired a couple years ago. Yeah. But he was like one of the best linebackers in football at at a time. He was probably the best. Oh, he was the um, best. He was like yeah. Seahawks fans will try to push that Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner wasn't. No. He, he wasn't on Keekley's level. No. Right. And I mean, I can like visualize that in my head. Same with the Packers one. Like I've watched it so many times that I can just see it. Um, and how Julio just kind of reached over him and grabbed it. And yeah, you don't see that often. Um, no. and, and even if you end up with a you know a solid receiver later on down the road, you know Ridley too. But I don't think we're going to see those kinds of things from Ridley because he's not that kind of receiver. 
Um, it's just, yeah. and you can, and that's fine. You can be an insanely good receiver. It's just, you're not going to find a Julio Jones. You're just not going no. to. And those are moments that you kind of see what Julio Jones is all about. So uh, yeah. I always think of that one too. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great one. That's a great one. Um, all right. Adnan did call next. So Adnan gets to go. Uh, the 300 yard game against the Panthers. Ah, damn it. One hundred. Yeah, I knew I knew Eric was going to have it, so I needed to like step in front of him. I needed to undercut him and uh, and steal this one. Uh, yeah, no, because that game that was just like it, it's like the euphoria you feel from one play, and you stretch it out over like an entire game, where the Panthers just absolutely refused to like double team Julio because the week before we had I remember we had just beaten the Saints on Monday night in week three. Julio had like. 18, 19 yards in that game, 18 or 28 yards, because the Saints kept doubling him, and mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan took advantage of that, and everyone else was open. So I guess the Panthers were, like, scared of that happening. So Julio Jones just absolutely, like, eviscerates Panthers, like, secondary, and he has one of those plays. His touchdown to put him at 300 yards was, like, a carbon copy of that uh, Packers uh catch and run for a touchdown where he stiff arms one of the defenders yeah. i think um uh, uh ben a ben wickery I, he, he got cut guy. after yeah. that game yep. so <laughs> it, it was just like it was he was just like destroying and the panthers were the defending nfc champions yeah. so you know that was like a big statement game because you you were like all right the panthers are like coming in now they're like the heavy favorites in this game julio goes off on him and the best part is i had traded for julio jones in fantasy earlier that week <laughs> so I so I was just like using him to destroy my opponent and th- that gave me like immediate justification for that trade. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, big time. That's a good one. All right, Eric. Unfortunately you drew the short straw. You have to be the most creative in coming up with your moment. Uh, I think I can I think I can do that. My favorite moment is not just one particular moment or one particular game. It's the the performances that he had against cornerbacks that mouth off in public before the game. Remember when Patrick Peterson did that? And yep, he went out. That's what I was going to say. Up, yeah, he put out, he put up uh, over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Remember that that season opener against the Eagles where Byron Maxwell got that big contract oh, yeah. and Maxwell thought he was going to. And then, yeah. Uh, remember that time when he went up against Namdi in Philly and Namdi was, was allegedly the best corner in the league and he was going to shut Julio down? Yeah. Those are my favorite Julio moments because those are the times where it's like Julio doesn't bother anybody, but these cornerbacks wanted to be bold and they wanted to poke the bear and they end up getting embarrassed. You don't don't do that to Julio. It got to a point where we were saying like, got like seriously, do not talk shit to Julio because it's going to be bad for you on Sunday. Like just yeah. leave him alone. I still um, remember Byron Maxwell that like picture of just him with his yeah, mouth just, wide open just in shock when julio jones just because he had like over 100 yards in, in the first half of that game yeah he had two touchdowns in the first half on byron maxwell like it's just don't don't do that man that's <laughs> th- those are my favorite julio moments the times where he just embarrassed corners who wanted to to be bold and said that they were going to shut him down or you know keep him keep him bottled up and he embarrassed them yep yeah, that's a good one. Good memories there. And, uh, you know, it's it's going to be sad for a while, but sooner or later, Julio and the Falcons are going to make up. He's going to come back for his ring of honor. It's going to be fine. Um, so, you know, we just, just got to get through it. 
You know, he's they even they reconciled with Mike Vick. I didn't think that was going to be possible. He's um, going to get, but he's going to get inducted into the Hall of Fame as yes. a Falcon. Just yes. we all know. So yeah, exactly. it, it's not going to be like the Calvin Johnson situation with the that that was different. Yeah, that's I, that different. got ugly. Yeah. That that was yeah. just like a signing bonus thing, and this was just like, all right, this was a trick. Although I'm not going to lie, it, it was kind of annoying reading the article about all right, Julio was like mad that we're not winning. And, you know, the tipping point was uh, they fired Dan Quinn, <laughs> it's who like, was 0-5. Yeah. That, that was supposed to be, like, here. the fix for that problem. I never but, got that. Okay. Yeah, never I don't get it that. either. I mean, yeah. I think he really liked Dan Quinn. Uh, and, like, I think we all liked Dan Quinn on a personal level, but it was time. But he wasn't winning. Like, no, that's the thing. Like, it's t- like that doesn't matter a whole hill of beans if you're the nicest person in the NFL if you can't get this team to nine wins at least. Like, <laughs> so... You know, yeah. it was time to move on. Um, so it's just a weird place to kind of stake your claim. But, you know, it is what it is, Julio. Uh, so farewell. And we will see you again someday back in Atlanta uh, as a Ring of Honor inductee. Uh, so good stuff there. All right. But we did we did talk about uh, team records. So I wanted to get we took we did like a record prediction when the when the schedule came out after the draft. So I guess I want to get the pulse of people now i guess we'll say like over under eight wins at this point um i think that's pretty pretty fair so what do you uh eric since i made you go last on the julio moments you can go first on this one so over under eight wins for the falcons this year over but not much over like, right but I'll say over just for the sake of the court. I'll say over, but nine wins is where I'm. I'm sticking with that. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm staying on that hill right there. So right. yeah, I'll say. I'll say over with this. Okay, that's fair. Because it is. It isn't. There's a lot that has to go in place, and we talked about that a, a few days ago, um, on, on the afternoon uh, five hollow five show that we put together. But there's a lot that has to happen for this team in order to be successful now that Julio's gone. Like you're now you're saying Pitts really has to hit in year one. The offensive line really has to take a step forward this year. The running game really has to show improvement. Arthur Smith really has to be the great play caller that he is. Like all and that and that's I that was just on offense let alone yeah. what happens on the defensive side of the ball. So, yeah, I'll, I'll say over, but I'm not I'm not going any higher than nine wins. I think nine wins is pretty fair, honestly. Um, but, you know, you got to think, like, nine wins now is not exactly the same as nine wins, like, last year because there's an extra game. So I think right. it's a little bit easier to achieve, you know, because there's an extra game. But, yeah, I mean, I still think nine wins is about right. But, uh, yeah, I'll go to uh, – Trying to do reverse order. Adnan next here. So Adnan, over under eight wins. And what do you think the, the team ends up with oh, at this point? I think we'll go 14 and two this season. You Jesus know, Christ. Like, <laughs> no, not, not yet. Yeah, you know, 14 and three. Oh, yeah. Adnan. 14 yeah. and three. Yes. My mistake. My mistake. 14 <laughs> and three. Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm not predicting 14 wins, but it's not above me to talk myself into it eventually. Um, no, it's at this point, I'll go over eight wins. You know, just. Yeah, I don't know if this is the fan in me talking, but you know, I, I think nine. It's a fan wins, show, so you know. Yeah, yeah. And this is very true. Nine wins seems like a, a very fair mark. 
you know, yeah. just because of the stuff that I've mentioned earlier, just because the schedule is a lot so light. And, you know, I, I have that much faith and that much belief in Arthur Smith, just seeing what he did in Tennessee. And, you know, sure, he doesn't have Derrick Henry now, but Derrick Henry before Arthur Smith was just like another guy at running back. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. I, I have faith that Dean Pease can turn this into a top 20 defense. You know, I'm not going to say anything like crazy, like, oh, he'll have this defense elite. But, you know, just the addition and coordinators is a, a significant upgrade for this team. So, yeah. you know, I think, I think around like 20th is fair. And it's, it's a lot better than what we've seen a lot in the past few years with uh, the so-called defensive specialist, Dan Quinn, uh, leading the charge. But so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with nine and eight. However, as we get closer and closer to the season, I'm going to talk myself more into that oh, double yeah. digit. Like every Ralph. every preseason yeah. game where you know Kyle Pitts looks like a god, you know we're yeah. adding a win. So uh, um, so so it's like right now it's June. So by September, I'll I'll easily have talked myself into eleven wins. Yeah, seventeen and zero by the end of the preseason. So. <laughs> Maybe Arthur Smith will actually win in the preseason. That would be uh, that would be interesting. We haven't had a coach to do that for a, a, a long time. Didn't Dan Quinn go like zero and four like multiple years in a row in the preseason? I'm pretty sure. That yeah, happened. they did. It, yeah. it went a couple of years where they didn't win a preseason game, which is so weird. Yeah. So yep, weird. Yep, yep. It was very weird. Very weird. Um. All right. Evan, over under eight wins and in, in your current uh, record prediction right now. Um. I'm gonna go under, but I'm gonna say seven. Okay. I think that's, that's pretty close. Still pretty if, close. If I was betting money, um, there's just too many different, you know, unknowns currently. And when you trade away Julio, it just becomes even more unknown. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna just go seven. That's fair. Very fair. Um. Yeah, and I, I, I also was gonna go with nine wins. Um. I think nine and eight is a very fair win total, but I think you could easily see anything within like two or three games of that as a fairly realistic outcome. So like I would not be shocked at all if they end up like 11 and six, I think is the new number. Like I think 11 and six is within the realm of possibility. And I think like seven and 10 is within the realm of possibility. Now, really I would suggest just... betting the house. I would suggest betting the house on 15 and two. Yes. Great. Great call there. Great call. Yeah. If you want to be homeless. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Don't bet the house, but you know I don't condone betting the house ever. But you know bet everything, everything on sixteen and one. <laughs> yeah, um, you know. So yeah, I mean, I I think those of you that are high on the Falcons are probably hoping for that, uh, you know, that defensive improvement and that Arthur Smith is as advertised. Because if Arthur Smith is as advertised and the offense continues to hum and can just be a top 10 scoring offense, you know, they'll win a lot of games just because of that. It just, the defense, like, and we'll see, like they're, they still have an opportunity to add some players here. We're going to talk about that in just a second, you know, with this extra salary cap that they have. Um, This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting cut. What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. 
It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito lacenacket.sbnation.com. So we'll, we'll see uh, what, what ends up happening there. But yeah, I mean, I, I also think it's going to be an, around nine wins. But again, like, I don't think 11 wins. Like, if you think they're going to win 11 games, I'll be like, yeah, that's, that's reasonable. If you think they're going to win, like, 15 games, I think that's not reasonable. But 11 wins, sure. We, I think that's a possible outcome. But yeah, I think, like, anything between seven and 11 wins is very likely. I think each one of those outcomes is probably equally likely. It's just like, you know, you're just kind of sp- splitting that up. But... Uh, well, you know, Keith, like, the fact that we're trying to be realists about the team's win record doesn't mean we're not fans. It just means we're not homers. Like, we've been hurt by this team too many times, okay? We can't just, like, blindly pick 12-4 and four every year. Or 12-5. and five. Well, I yeah. hope they go undefeated. It's yeah, just, that'd be I've great. Yeah. Here it doesn't mean we don't want them to go undefeated. Like, just, I, like I've yeah. watched too many Falcons games to think they would go undefeated. Yeah. Yeah, well, no last, year, last year when we were 1-6, and six, I talked myself into – us possibly making the playoffs and that didn't work out for me at all yeah, you went on that campaign and it was just like my Adnan god i tried that, to will it into existence Den- i respect that denver it. Win, I respect it yeah that denver win oh, he was feeling good dude, oh, i was oh, feeling himself this. after that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I, after i found out that Taysom hill would be starting for the saints for yeah. two games oh, yeah yeah that uh, was feeling it was good. on he was like, this team is making the playoffs, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, it's like, yeah, you know, it's like, there's no way we're losing to Taysom Hill twice. Like, it, you know. <laughs> yep. So, he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass since high school. Yeah. Comes out yeah. He, he has oh, goodness. Well, no, I mean, well, now he, he has, has now. <laughs> since he no, played the Falcons. Yeah. Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm say, man, I thought he played, played a few years at BYU. He did. Well, yeah, I, I can't remember. But. Yeah, that's what uh It was still embarrassing either way. Yeah. It was. It was. That, yeah. But even like if they end up at nine wins, I think that is they're gonna be I think relevant until like week sixteen, seventeen. Like yeah. unlike every year the past three years, I think they're going to be relevant at the end of the season. Like well, they may not be a wild card team in the end, but I think they will be in contention at least yeah. up until the very yeah. end of the season. Like so. I said, they'll be one of those as long teams. as they're not like doing dumb stuff and losing dumb. Like if they just come out and you can tell they're trying but struggling, I will accept that. If they come out and like lose, like because they accidentally because they couldn't fall on an onside kick, right? Just okay. like do dumb stuff. So that's when they... I have a problem. But <laughs> let me let me put the what if they lose like that again this year? Like it's like we can't. We can't look at Quinn and Dimitrov <laughs> anymore and say, "Man, we got rid of the bad apples." Like this team is just just has terrible mojo, man. Like, what if what if they lose games like that again this year? Right, that would suck. So please, that don't. would be that. Please don't. Like, how how yeah. will we how will we even look at the franchise at that point? It's like, my God, what the hell is wrong? Well, with this I mean, that's that says more about us. Like, we're still going to be here talking about them because we have problems. Yeah, I mean the the thing is, like, I can, can this franchise really fall much lower than it than it is right now? 
after 28 to 3, don't, can, don't can it really get on. any worse? <laughs> yeah, right. Don't, yeah, knock on wood. But I mean, even, even they, this offseason, even this offseason, you know, the whole 28 to 3 thing was one, was, you know, that was embarrassing. And then remember in 2018, the, the games that they lost at the last second because of the defense could have hold a, hold a lead. And then the way that they lost last year, and like, it's like, oh my God, like, it was this offseason wasn't even that fair to him either because they just got embarrassed because their star receiver went on undisputed and said he's out of there. Like that, I honestly star receiver who never talks. I wasn't even right. I wasn't even I'm not even on <laughs> that was weird. The, you know the payroll of the organization, but I felt so damn embarrassed when that happened. I was like, oh my God, this is just only the Falcons. This has yeah, never man. happened to the Browns. Uh, I, I was thinking about our guy, uh, Brad Jukes, at that point, you know, the, the PR guy for the Falcons. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on, man. This isn't fair to him. Oh, yeah. God. All right. Dan, much- Dan, the man's calling his shot. He says, if they go 14 and 3, you guys got to have me on the show. Okay, Dan. Uh, sure. Yep. We'll do it. We'll do it. No, so. we've got, we got to get George Costanza on. Yeah, well. George. Well, yeah, I mean, four- look, if they go 14 and 3, I'm declaring it right now. If they go 14 and 3. Dan, I will get your name tatted on me somewhere. <laughs> bro, Eric, I'm not going to lie, bro. It, it, it's a very bad idea to I will to make get these... your name tatted on me somewhere. It, it, it's a very bad idea to make these wagers where you don't where you get nothing out of it. Right. I, I mean, he like, gets, you know, get, we get the publicity of it, so I guess I, I will appreciate get it your name tatted on my body, yeah. Dan. Yeah. It, because remember Roddy White a few years ago with like the Mercer Duke bet where he like <laughs> told that one fan that he's going to give him season tickets if Mercer beats Duke in like the first round. Right. And it's like, all right, Roddy, like, well, what are you doing here? Like, what are you getting out of this if Duke wins? Yep. Exactly. So. No, yeah, no, you gotta, you know, you gotta, you know. I, I appreciate the gusto. Eric, no, they're but, probably gonna lose yeah. two games in the first couple of weeks of the season. I mean, they played the Bucks in the in the in Washington in the first four weeks, so they're probably gonna lose two games right there. <laughs> and is Washington that scary now that it's it's just an auto L? That <laughs> I defense. So. I mean, the defense is really good. Don't get me wrong, oh. but you know, Dean P is gonna have to oh. work some magic. He's gonna have to do that a lot. So, but at least yeah, DPs yeah. is willing to like send extra. Like, if they don't have like a four man defensive line that's that's good, like at least DPs is going to like occasionally blitz. Like Dan Quinn was like, no, no, absolutely not. We rush four and we drop eight every time. <laughs> and on third down, and on third down, we're rushing three. Yeah, then we're rushing three. You know, our pass rush sucks. You know what? Then we're only going to send three guys. You know what? Checkmate. Checkmate people so uh, I, I feel like eric's gonna be super nervous when this team is like four and oh or something yeah they're gonna start point. five and oh like, and right, eric's gonna it. be sweating on every show yeah but, yeah, uh, yeah it's gonna be a bittersweet like it's gonna be bittersweet every time the falcons like get a win because it's gonna be like oh one more wing closer to that tattoo oh, <laughs> <laughs> one and more then they end up going 15 and two and yep. it's like oh yeah, it's too Wait, much. I was a bullet there to go fifteen and two. Right, exactly. It has to be fourteen and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to be fourteen and three. That's, uh, that's yeah, the that, now you're just trying to get off <laughs> on a technicality. That's a technicality, but you know, you would be technically correct, Eric, which is the best exactly. kind of correct. So yeah. exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, we got we had one more uh, from George Costanza, another three dollars. He says he's predicting eleven wins. 
Uh, he was asking where your gallon of water is, but there it is. We've just seen it. Uh, the gallon of water has made its appearance. Uh, he also we need to wants, get air sponsored by water. Like Dasani or Aquafina. By water. Just spray yeah, water. Just water. <laughs> Brought to you by water. water you know. <laughs> Please drink it. Although yeah. you probably already are. Yes. Please drink water. Yeah. I don't know if water just has like a spokesperson, but Dude, we could, we could honestly, be there. That's, yeah. that's, that's all I have in my house. Like I have, I mean, I have a little juice here and there, but even my son drinks a ton of water. But what's your yeah, favorite too. brand? Uh, I honestly, I don't have a I favorite. I would. Oh, okay. Never mind. If I had to pick one, it'd probably be Aquafina. But okay. you got to be mean, more decisive, Eric. You, you gotta you gotta put on for Aquafina to give Evan something to work with. But see, Aqu- like, oh, Aquafina I don't. Don't, <laughs> Aquafina doesn't make gallon water. Yeah, like, like, yeah. like I I mm. this is I go to I stock up on these. Yeah, yeah, that's so, fair. That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, if Aquafina wants to throw a sponsorship out, yeah, sure. I wear I wear okay. a damn t shirt and be drinking water every day. You goddamn right, I would absolutely. <laughs> Yes, so let's uh, let's move on to some mini camp talk. Uh, we did get a lot uh, from the Falcons' new writer Scott Bear. He's been giving us some updates for mini camp, which are appreciated. Um, some other stuff on Twitter. the the main, The first one we want to talk about is going to be Calvin Ridley. He's not there. He had a minor foot procedure. It's not a big deal. He'll be ready for training camp, but it's worth mentioning. Uh, Arthur Smith was like deftly dodging questions about it, which I thought was really funny. Um, so do you guys have any concerns at all about Calvin Ridley at this point or is it just, I thought he, I thought he had already had that out of the way, but apparently not. Apparently not. It's not. I mean, it's the same injury from during the season when he got, when he had had you. You wish that he would have done this in the spring earlier on because yeah. it wouldn't have interfered with any. He'll be back by training camp, but it's like, you know, it it, it brings into question like, all right, like why why wasn't this done like right. after the season was done? The timing, uh, it, the timing of it is is awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's um, yeah, it, it's not ideal. But, you know, it, it's a minor surgery. It's a minor cleanup. Someone, people in the comments of the article are saying, oh, Calvin Ridley's really stepping into Julio's uh, Julio's role at this point, you know, already with a foot injury. But, um, yeah, it, it's it, he'll be back by be back by training camp. So it's not really that big of a deal. And, George, I, I just had a, a nice lemonade tonight. You know, no, no international-like flavors tonight. <laughs> just a freshly squeezed mint lemonade. Yep, yep. Yeah, I wish I, I do wish it would have been <clears throat> a little earlier in the offseason that he did this. Um, like I said, the timing of it is is awkward because it comes right after the team moves on from Julio Jones and the team is yeah. getting ready to elevate you. So it's like he I'm not not saying he needs those reps in minicamp, but it's just like, oh, they traded Julio Jones, so they're gonna be looking at Calvin Ridley to be the lead guy now. Oh well, guess what? Calvin Ridley just had surgery. Uh, yeah, bro, th- this team is getting hit in the dick when it comes to PR. This <laughs> right, like it's, it's like, oh my god! Like seriously, the timing is just so off. But yep, yep. yeah, he'll be back as long as he's back by training camp. I- I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, I agree. If he's not, I'll start to get a little worried. Yeah, 
yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't think it's something to be too concerned about at this point, but I did. Arthur Smith was like, well, you know, I don't have to talk about it. You know, like, uh, I don't have to report anything now. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, it was like 30 minutes later, rap sheet, like had the info on it, but it was just like, no one, I just like, it was very deft, you know, good job, Arthur Smith. He's learning to, you know, get around the media already. Uh, he's just growing into a true, you know, head coach right before our eyes. So <laughs> that man, um, that man. As long has, as he doesn't say that we're pissed off after a loss, he, yeah. he'll be fine. That, I have a feeling you won't need to say it. I feel like we'll just know that he's pissed off. That so. man has a laser focus doing press conferences. Like he's just like there's no question that's going to get to him. Not one. I like it already as a rookie head coach. I like it already. Yeah, everything that I've seen so far is Arthur Smith seems like this super, super analytical guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we saw it with the joint press conference with him and Fontenot. Like, Fontenot's more of the, like, personal uh, guy who's like, you know, he's going to talk to you. He's going to develop that relationship. Whereas Arthur Smith, not that he won't re- develop relationships, but he's just all business. He's all accountability. And, you know, I feel like that's something that this team has severely lacked over the past, uh, over the past since what 2014, when, when since 2015, when Dan Quinn got here, mm-hmm. it never se- seemed like Dan Quinn had the firmest hand when it came to like holding players accountable. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Not. he held he held a lot of hands. He babied some players. Yeah. And, and in fa- in fairness to Mike Smith, he he was a he was a pretty good disciplinarian. I remember that 2010 season where. I think the Falcons set a record for having the fewest penalties in like a season ever. And, you know, there were like reports about how he'd always like, um, he'd always bring up every single penalty in film study and kind of like put the, put those, the player on the spot, whoever committed the penalty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, but, but, yeah, go, go, ahead, ahead, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. It's fine. No, I was, I was just saying, man, like that's, that's, that's the focus that I see from Arthur Smith right now. And, you know, it's a good sign going forward. Um, <laughs> if if they didn't part ways with Julio and you would have, you know, Julio would have still been on the team around training camp, he definitely would have been, you know, answering those type of questions in training camp. You, you can tell he only wants to talk X's and O's. Like, he doesn't want to talk anything outside of that. Like, if this guy has anything to do with injuries or – Players getting traded or players not showing up to camp. He doesn't want to talk about any of that. He rather talks about X's and O's, analytical stuff. And uh, I again, it's a focus that I like. He doesn't. He doesn't seem nervous. He doesn't seem off track. He. I definitely don't get the same vibes that I got from that uh, that new Eagles coach Sirianni. His first press conference and how god awful that was. Yeah, I don't get that from Walter Smith. Yep, me neither. So, all right. Next thing, uh, F- Frank Darby impressing in training camp. Um, he had a great catch yesterday. I'm sure if you guys were on Twitter, you probably saw it. Um, so yeah, what are you guys' thoughts on on Frank Darby? Obviously, it's really early, but seems to be someone that has made a name for himself. I believe it was uh, Javian Hawkins said he was like the funniest guy on the team that he's met so far. Uh, so what are your guys' thoughts on Frank Darby and his, uh, his impressive start? They're going to, fans going to love him. 
Yeah. Fans are going to love him. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he has a, a pretty solid year as a rookie. I'm not, I don't think he's going to get a, a, you know, a ton of targets, but I, he's, he's definitely going to be an important piece in year one. Yeah. Given the competition, do you think he could realistically be like a starter? I mean, if not, why does it would have to be on the outside? Yeah, it would have to be on the outside because I think Gage has kind of got the slot. Because last year when Julio missed time, I think it was Christian Blake who kind of stepped up or was like put in that Julio role. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he can definitely elbow his way into more playing time early on and not and, just because there's no Julio, but because I, I think he's, he brings a certain element to the team that Gage doesn't have. Gage is not a deep threat. Gage cannot, to me, consistently beat DBs on the outside. Darby can. Yeah. So Gage is more of a slot guy. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily put it past him that he could learn to play some more on the outside, but I, I, it's not right. been his style so far. Right. And the thing is, it's like, it, it, there is a next man up type mentality where uh, there's opportunity in every situation where, you know, of course we lose Julio Jones, but this does give an opportunity to some of the younger wide receivers on the team to, you know, get more playing time. And uh, Darby will be one of the favorites for that wide receiver four, uh, wide receiver three, wide receiver four position. Mm-hmm. If he can really show out in camp, like he'll have an opportunity that not many sixth round wide receivers right. have coming into the NFL. So, you know, both he and I think it'll be a pretty good battle between he and Zacchaeus for that mm-hmm. wide receiver three role. And, you know, every single year we talk about uh, the fiercest training camp battles every year. It's has something to do with wide receivers. And I think this year more than ever, it'll be, It'll be really exciting to watch and to see how all of that plays out because, you know, the depth chart, you have Ridley, you have Gage as your uh, top two wide receivers. I think Pitts will get uh, – he'll get plenty of run and uh, lined up in a wide receiver position. But, you know, opportunities knocking for some of these young guys and it, it's nice to see – it's nice to see these young guys battle for and get their opportunities on an NFL roster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely, like, I would, I think Zacchaeus maybe, I mean, it, it, honestly, it's going to depend on what plays they want to run, because Zacchaeus is more of the deep threat, Darby is more of the short to intermediate guy, because he doesn't necessarily have that deep speed, but, um, I mean. I think he can stress the field. I mean, he can, I just don't know that it, he has great speed, That that's all I'm saying. I Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he – well, his – yeah, his thing is not necessarily predicated around speed. I mean, he runs a 4-6, so it's like I don't know that he's a super – I mean, he he can catch the ball downfield, but he's not going to burn corners downfield, I guess is what I'm saying. No, but he – I guess I guess that's the thing that stood out about him. I mean, he was still averaging 19, 20 yards a catch, and yeah. he is one of those guys – yeah, he's not going to run past you. He's not going to burn you, but – with 50-50 balls down the field, he's going to go get his. Yes, um, it's the physicality, like how he, yeah. he goes up and gets it. He's willing to fight you for the ball. He's willing to fight um, for it, yeah. 
you know, so that type of thing can translate downfield. It's just not necessarily like, oh, he's not going to be flying downfield and leaving somebody in the dust. But his route running is really good. He could definitely beat guys on double moves and that sort of thing. So, yeah. um, But yes. Arthur Smith has tended to do more intermediate routes anyway. So it's not like they're necessarily going to ask him to run a ton of deep routes. Like if they want people to run deep, they have Ridley, they have Pitts, they have, you know, even Hayden Hurst to an extent has good speed for a tight end. And so does Zacchaeus. Like they've got guys that can fly downfield uh, if they need guys to run deep. They don't necessarily need Darby to do that all the time. So, um, you know, and, and as a sixth round pick, like, like you guys were saying, like he has a great opportunity far more than the usual sixth round pick. And like we talked about it in the pre-draft process that the Falcons needed to just draft a wide receiver from this class, probably in that late fifth, sixth round range because the class was so deep they were still gonna get like a starting caliber receiver late in the draft and they did that with Frank Darby you know we had a lot of guys that we talked about like Simi Fajoko and uh, Jacob Harris from UCF and all these guys like there's there was a lot of talent late um so you're getting guys that are I think very very capable and you shouldn't necessarily get too hung up on when they were drafted uh and the same thing with Zacchaeus. You know, Zacchaeus undrafted. He had like a thousand yard season his senior year and still went undrafted. It's just like these days the wide receiver classes are so stacked that if you're if you're savvy, you can find guys late. You can find guys in the undrafted pool. Another guy that has gained a lot of hype, not necessarily from practices, but in terms of having a following, was Austin Trammell, who a lot of people were saying, you know, has that kind of Edelman, Amendola, you know, Nick Williams maybe sort of scrappy play style. And, you know, there's usually room for someone like that on your roster or at least your practice squad. So I would keep a name on, uh, keep an eye on his name as well throughout this process. But um, another thing to touch on is Cordero Patterson apparently playing mostly at running back thus far. Obviously, it's kind of early to judge much on that, but it does seem like he's going to have a role at running back. What do you guys think about that? Uh, and how many carries do you actually expect him to get in that role on a weekly basis? I mean, he played running back last year in Chicago after Tariq Cohen went down. He was basically their backup running back behind David Montgomery. You know, I, I don't think he'll be, you know, I don't think he'll get that many carries. Uh, I, I don't think that Mike Davis will really be a full-on bell cow. But I can definitely foresee a, a big committee approach uh, this season. Uh, Patterson may get some some third down run just with how, with his skills as a wide receiver. Uh, you know, he's a natural wide receiver normally. Um, but you know, I'm I'm really excited about uh, who, who's that undrafted running back? He was on the Javian show a Hawkins. few weeks ago. Yeah, Javian Hawkins. I, I think Javian Hawkins. Yeah, I, I, he's he's a lot of people's favorite to, to make the, the roster as an undrafted free agent. And, you know, I think he'll he'll get some nice split with Cordero when it comes to that backup running back role, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Javion Hawkins is a guy that I think could go from, you know, I think Thor on the show said, like, straight up that he thought Javion Hawkins would be this year's James Robinson. Like, he could be starting 
by midseason. Um, and I think that may be a little aggressive. You know, I do appreciate Thor's enthusiasm for our undrafted class. And, but, and uh, I appreciate his enthusiasm for hot takes because he, yes, know, he knows what, what show afraid. he was coming up. Oh, yeah. No, he fit right in with the hot takes here. That's for sure. Um, so I'm excited about Hawkins. You know, we'll have to see how it, how he looks in camp. But in terms of talent, like, I agree with him. Like, he Hawkins is one of the most talented players on this roster. It was surprising to me that he didn't get drafted. Um, and he fills a role that they don't really have. Like, they have the the kind of, you know, bowling ball guys in Mike Davis and Quadri Olsen. They have a big, fast guy in Corderell Patterson. But they don't really have that slippery you know, guy like a, like a Javian Hawkins. So uh, excited to see how that plays out. Um, one nice thing to touch on from minicamp is that the secondary uh, had a great day today on day two. Uh, undrafted safety Dwayne Johnson had two picks today. And linebacker Michael Walker also had a great pick uh, in those sessions as well. Um, he actually intercepted Matt Ryan and ran it back for a pick six. So uh, well, this just tells me that Matt Ryan is washed. Well, you know, whenever Matt Ryan throws bad picks in training camp, it means he's about to be the league MVP. So <laughs> yeah. you know, just wait for his offensive coordinator to go out there and pick him off. Exactly. I, I need to see Arthur Smith out there. Way. Yeah, playing coverage. Then we'll know the MVP season is coming for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean. You guys have any any thoughts? Uh, I, like Dwayne Johnson wasn't necessarily. I mean, the fact that he's got the same name as The Rock, obviously, the Rock, yeah. was I was pulling for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, with these types of impressive plays, that's how you work your way onto a practice squad, onto a roster, is by making these impressive plays. And it's early, but you know, maybe that's a name we should circle. Obviously, Michael Walker probably playing a starting role or close to a starting role. Um, you guys have any thoughts on on uh, those defensive developments and them playing well in coverage thus far? Not really. Um, I, I don't put a whole lot of conviction in mini camp interceptions. I mean, they they're going to happen, especially when it comes from Matt. Ryan. No, Eric. That means the offense is washed and the defense is going to be top five now. That is, yeah, like, we can I mean, write it down. Yeah, right. it, it's, it's that's exactly what it means. Um, but it's it's good to see. It's interesting to see, especially from Michael Walker's perspective, um, because it, it looks as if they're giving him coverage looks instead of what we thought was going to be them pretty much converting him into a three-four edge linebacker, which could still be the case. But the fact that he, you know, he's like I said, he's getting coverage looks is, is interesting to, to see how they go forward with that. Um, they he, you know, he may be moved around pretty much the entire front seven this year, depending on how he looks in training camp. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. So, it's going to be interesting to see how they deploy him. You know, I, I, you know, we've wondered, I think, with Michael Walker in particular, like how they're going to use him if they might use him more on the edge or at least as like a Sam style player in the three, four packages um, because of his history there in college. Um, But, you know, I I think I I like him a lot as a, as a chess piece because I'd like to get him on the field. You know, if they're playing two linebackers, it's probably going to be Deion Jones and Foy Oaken. So, you know, it's like, well, where does Michael Walker play? So I think finding ways to get him on the field creatively 
will be important because it might be that, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he's like the third or fourth best edge rusher on the team, which is kind of maybe right. sad. I don't know. But right. uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do there. Uh, but I mean, Dean Pease is a guy who's, you know, quantity over quality, right? He's like, he's ne- he's rarely had these pass rushers who get double digit sacks all up and down his roster. He's made it work with guys getting five to six sacks, but having like five to six guys getting five to six sacks instead. So um, I don't really care how they get the pressure as long as they do. Um, and I think honestly, when you know that maybe your secondary isn't great, maybe your pass rush isn't great, you might as well just be aggressive and try to frazzle the other team with your creative blitz packages with these exotic blitzes because you're not like you're, if you play straight up you're going to get burned anyway you might as well just be aggressive and try to force some mistakes try to force some good some some big plays um and you know i i appreciate that style after the very conservative very vanilla defense we've seen for the last oof, five years <laughs> so yeah. um you know i'm looking forward to that change on defense um like i don't think it's going to result in like a great unit but if they can just create a few turnovers, if they can be an opportunistic defense that still gives up a lot of yards and points, like if the offense yeah, I, is good enough, that might be enough. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I think their success level should be kind of um, it, it should be kind of leveled a little bit this year because of the fact that they don't really have a true lead edge rusher. Um, I think this is going to be a defense that has, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the top the top sack guy on defense has like eight or nine sacks. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that guy is Grady Jarrett, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think what's going to dictate success for this defense is what they do in takeaways. Um, and if they're a team that can find themselves in the top 12 at worst in takeaways, I think they'll be able to win some games with that. Right. Um, like, especially if it's like net turnover ratio too, if they can just be right. like on the top half of the league and turnover ratio, even right. if they don't like, if they just don't turn the ball over, if they create, you know, an average number of turnovers, but they don't turn the ball over, right. then they're going to be in the top 10 in turnover ratio. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I, yeah, that would be good for sure. Um, yeah. I think that's all like really the notable things for mini camp. There hasn't necessarily been a ton of information arthur smith has been pretty tight-lipped and like in terms of like seeing position battles or all that i mean josh andrews still starting at left guard uh i guess uh caleb mcgarry and matt gono weren't weren't out there today so Jalen mayfield was playing right tackle in mcgarry's absence come um, on Jalen, win yeah. the job <laughs> but uh yeah i mean what's your concern level for the offensive line if Josh Andrews is the week one starter? I'm very concerned. <laughs> I would be very concerned. And maybe Josh Andrews is like the light bulb is turned on or something. I don't know, but um, I'm very, uh, I would I, be concerned. It, it would be, it would be borderline. I almost rather have James Carpenter there. <laughs> Give him a call. Like it's just nothing, I'm nothing against Josh Andrews. It's just, he's a career backup journeyman for a reason. Right. I mean, he's definitely a guy I'd rather have as, you know, my top backup. Um, yeah. But look, I mean, if he plays, look, if he gets in there, he's still the starter in preseason and he acquits himself well in preseason. I'm happy to eat my words. Josh Andrews, I wish you all the success in the world. If you can hold it down and you can lock it down and show that, you know, he's not old. Like he, he could, I mean, it's feasible that he could continue to improve, but. No, um, he's not. I just. It would be, it would be a gargantuan leap to, to be like a plus starter 
based on what we've seen so far. But he was with yeah. the Jets for a while, so you know that's generally where players go to have their careers end. So you know anything's possible. It's kind of like the Chargers for offensive line. Like if you go play offensive line for the Chargers, you're going to have a bad time more than likely. So um, maybe maybe in Atlanta. And, and again with with uh, Arthur Smith's scheme, I don't think they're going to be asking them to pass protect nearly the same level that the, that Dirk Cutter was asking them to where they're running all these deep routes, where they're running this long stuff, where they're not basically recognizing that the offensive line is a problem. Um, so that could help make it seem... Like, that's what Kyle Shanahan did. Like, he didn't necessarily... Like, he knew that that wasn't the best pass-protecting line in the league, but he knew they could run block and that they they would be good enough for play action, and that's exactly what happened. They made it work, right. you know, uh, with that group, uh, and they, they played to their strengths. So if Arthur Smith can play to the offensive line's strengths... Uh, then that could help a lot in covering up some of these issues. But uh, long term, you know, we're still still fingers crossed for Jalen Mayfield at left guard, uh, for sure. Or Drew Dahlman, but you know, I, I feel like Dahlman's more of a center only prospect. Mm-hmm. But you know, if he if he bulks up ten pounds, maybe he could be a guard. I don't know. But yeah, if fantasy plays poorly enough, you'll see Drew Dahlman. <laughs> right, a lot I mean, earlier yeah. than you'd want like, to. Yeah, I mean, Hennessy's not necessarily locked into the starting center job. It is going to be a competition there. We haven't heard anything about that, other than that Hennessy had the first crack. But, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. But I think... Which look, is natural. You know, yeah, Hennessy yeah. is, you know, he, he has that game experience. Yep. Dolman's a rookie, but that's that's not something where you know you, you just pencil Hennessy in the way you pencil Jake Matthews in right into right. the lineup like he still has a lot he still has a lot to prove to this coaching staff and to the fan base like Hennessy did not have a good year last year no no I mean and it's like he played a couple he played a handful of games one of them was against the Chiefs D-line which uh you know good luck to the rook on that one and he wasn't like a disaster but it certainly wasn't great and then uh he played center against the Bucks the next week. Also a very tough matchup, and that was better. But um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, he can take you know that second year leap. Um, and between him and Dalman, if we could have a, just a competent center between the two of them, that's fine too. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we've been talking about Julio Jones ad nauseum, but I really hope that we don't look back in the middle of the season and think, "Man, I wish we had Alex Mack on this team still." Right? Yeah. I mean, it seems like. It seems like I don't know if Mac wanted to leave absolutely, or if they were just like we can't afford to pay you what you want. But um, you know, they admit there may be a point where it's like we could have paid Alex Mac, you know, the four million or whatever we paid Mac Gono, and had Alex Mac still. Um, and you know, we if if Gono is not a starter and you're paying him four million to be your swing tackle, that's not like terrible value, but it's not great when you have so little cap space. So we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, Dan the man says can't be any worse than Jamon Brown was, and at least if Josh Andrews is the starter and he's like mediocre, at least he's only getting paid vet men. Jamon Brown was getting like six million a year <laughs> to be terrible. Yeah, so. Shout out to Thomas Dimitrov again. For Big, those, shout uh, Big shout out. Big shout out. Stellar Dimitrov. offensive line signings. You know, yeah. Brown Carpenter, Brandon Fusco. <laughs> you know, just su- superb job by him. You know, it, it, it's no wonder where we're in we have the cap space we do at this point yep no wonder so all right guys before we wrap up do want to remind you folks to uh check out the patreon page and that patron q a coming on friday uh if you'd like to take part and you're not already a patron it's real easy just head to patreon.com slash live we've got several tier levels from very inexpensive to like oh i can't believe you're willing to give us this money so you know 
it, it's totally up to you which one you pick. They all get you access to everything. Um, you know, we're just happy to have your support. We do appreciate all of our patrons that are already on there, all of our donators, and everyone who just hangs out and chats with us. Uh, we just really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And as always, please like and subscribe. Those metrics really do help us out. Uh, you guys are helping us climb up the YouTube ranks. We appreciate all of your support in that arena as well. Um, all right, guys. Any final takes? Eric, I'll go to you first. Final takes tonight. Anything else you, you're plugging? Anything else like that? He is, by the way, at underscore Eric underscore Robinson on Twitter. Um, <clears throat> Not really. The only thing I got going on right now, well, it's a couple of things I'm working on, but um, I did do a career retrospective of Julio Jones um, that was released earlier this week. So go ahead and get that a look. I'm working now on my um, <clears throat> in-game matchups to keep an eye on for week two against the Bucks. Um, so that should be out probably before the weekend. Well, I should probably submit it before the weekend. But uh, outside of that, man, just check us out at thefalcoholic.com. Once again, we have everything. Um, and, yeah, there's there's probably not a better Falcons platform than the Falcoholic. I can't yeah. think of one. I would say definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> don't don't want to toot our own horn here, but, you know. Yeah, right. We can do it a little bit. Brag. This is the official brag. program of the Falcoholic, so, you know. We're just, we're just pretty damn good at what we do. Right. You know, you know we just have – we're just the – look, I'm just the best there is. That's all, that all, that's all there is to it. So. That's, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> also with us tonight, <laughs> Evan Birchfield. He's at Evan Birchfield on Twitter. Evan, anything you're working on, anything else you want to add tonight? Um, just a quick piggyback off of Eric. We do have a person on our podcast who, or our show, who is literally sponsored by Twizzlers. You're not getting that anywhere you else. You don't get that anywhere Twitter. else. Nope. So you're not. Yeah, you're not. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter at mbirchfield um, at thefalcolic.com, the Instagram page, the underscore falcolic. Um, I have a fantasy football article coming out soon. It's uh, 32 teams, 32 sleepers. I do that every year. I've been doing it the last couple of years, so that's kind of fun. Um, I have a – oh, our roundtable. We shared our favorite moments, but, like, the rest of the staff kind of uh, – it's a roundtable for their favorite Julio moments. So if you're not tired of Julio content, that'll be on there. Um, and I think that's it for now. But, yeah, just go to com. Yep, very cool. Definitely check that out. Reminds me that I need to uh, contribute to that as well. So <laughs> also the Twizzler, the Twizzler man of the evening. He is Adnan Ikic at Say Which Way. Adnan, anything other than Twizzlers or including Twizzlers that you'd like to plug tonight? <laughs> yeah, I go Twizzlers. Um, no, I just want to give a shout out to, to you guys, to the viewers. You know, we're in June right now. This is the deadest of dead periods. Minicamp just started. And, you know, we were at over 100 people watching. Yeah, we got to 120. So, we got to 120. Yeah, so, so, I mean, big shout out to you guys. I remember, you know, back in the day when, uh, you know, Facebook we could only Live. dream of having that many, like, during, like, uh, in the middle of the season. So in a post game, yeah, maybe we not, hit 100. Not, yeah. only, not only that, but the shows are getting huge views of, on uh, YouTube afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of shows yeah. are getting, you know, 2K views. So we yeah, appreciate yeah. that as well. Yeah, and, you know, whether you're watching with us live or you're watching afterwards, you know, we, we 
you know, big shout out to you guys. You know, you guys are the reason why we're here doing this. You know, this is, I think this is the first off season where we've done this like weekly every yeah. Wednesday instead of every other Wednesday. And that's just a testament to the viewership that we've gotten and to the popularity. Uh, and, you know, definitely if it wasn't for you guys, we'd just be four guys just sitting around, you know, ta- talking <laughs> into still the that, void. But, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I add to you that it's a lot easier to get people to come on when we have a ton of views than if we had like 10. Yeah. So that's also a credit to the people. The more people that watch, the easier it's going to be to get a lot of these people on. Yep, yep, and I know Adnan's yeah, been working hard to get the guests. We appreciate all that effort as well. So, Evan, Evan has been working hard to get the guests. I have done nothing. <laughs> no, I'm just selling the product, which is Eric, Adnan, and Kevin. Evan, Evan, don't put yourself oh. down. Okay, you contribute. You contribute. I, I mean, just like to hang out, to be honest. Yeah, Evan just, I'm, I'm just, like just the wants people to be watching. Here. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I don't Evan, need to talk. I'm just Evan, happy to hang Evan out. Evan pulls the strings, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Evan's actually the mastermind. Like, Dave, is just a, Dave is just a puppet. Like, you know, it's actually Evan above him controlling everything Dave, from the Dave top on more, down. Yeah, Dave is more of the warden. And, and, and Evan just, Evan is, he's the guy, you know, behind the scenes. He's the one putting it all together, man. He's the engine. We wouldn't have guests if it wasn't for Evan, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, or so, we'd have yeah, probably the same guests. but The same guests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On, on this week, Falcoholic Writer. Oh yeah, it's just we're just recycling. That's all. Evan's just willing but, to like cold call people, and you know that's something I've never been really good works. at. I just so put just my, I just put my, yeah, I just put it out there. I'm like, hey, you yeah, want to come on? We got the, cool the thing people. is, Evan is just so like trustworthy too. It's like, right. uh, and I highly recommend reading <laughs> Evan's articles where he like interviews former players and like you know staff on the Fal- on the Falcons because you know they'll like. They'll they'll tell pour their heart and soul into it. They're, they'll tell Evan their entire life Evan. story. You can't tell Evan no. Are you <laughs> <it's> Evan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, we got uh, no. We we have some some cool uh, guests coming up. Um, Keenan Forney is going to join us shortly. He's in our Hawaii. Guy, our guy, uh, so if, Yeah, for you guys wondering where Keenan has been, he's been in Hawaii for a while. Uh, so we I've been texting every once in a while to check up on his Hawaii vacation. Mm. Um, I did see that. Yeah. So he uh he is Also if if the but, Yeah, go ahead. If the viewers like have recommendations, like don't say Matt Ryan. Like I'm not at that level. But like if there's like some people know, you'd like for me to try, Matt Ryan if I got Matt Ryan on here, I mean I don't know have to man. Change I mean, the name. I'm just kidding. You but got, um, you got you got a front <laughs> you got Arthur Blank's right hand man. Like, come on. Like that's, he did get Arthur Blank's right hand man. You damn near had he likes Arthur us, Blank's though. That's not that's not a me thing. He likes the show. <laughs> he like I mean, he was on here having he wasn't supposed to say stay as long as he did, and he wanted to because he yeah. liked hanging out with us. Yeah, we'll have to get him back on. So too. that's that's a credit to y'all. That I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I know people big game, Brett. Yeah, big game, Brett. I know people are asking, yeah, I mean Tori we'll have Tori back on for sure. Uh Keenan Forney is gonna be coming back on soon. And uh, we're also gonna have uh new Falcons ESPN beat writer Michael Rothstein on and uh yeah, he's doing a great job. Future. He's doing a yeah. fantastic job I, on I the beat. Again, I don't know other Falcons platform that is putting that together. Like I just Yeah, I'm sorry. There's 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 nowhere else you can't go anywhere else and get that type of coverage. Just being Dan honest. the man says Paul Worlow. 
<laughs> I my God, I mean, Paul. that'd be possible. Probably, I, I'm into it. I'm into. It. I know. I know. Uh, Evan has been in contact with former players about coming on. So, uh, you know, we yeah. may have. We were some... waiting for like the dead period, but there yeah. seems to not really be a dead right, period. Right, because so, freaking uh, yeah. But uh, thanks, Julio. Yeah, thanks, Julio. But uh... <laughs> uh, it's never a dead period. No. Um, nope. But like, uh, and like I said earlier, Adnan is a walking. Twizzlers billboard. So Twizzlers just needs to take that next step and stamp the show. Go ahead and sponsor us. Y- your man is already putting in work. He's he's <laughs> literally been on ESPN. I'll get on Instagram and see, like, I'll just be scrolling and I'll see Adnan at a Hawks game on right. ESPN. Like, I've, I've seen it like four times. Yeah, nobody knows that it's actually me. I, I just have that generic face. No, on no, I get, I get viewers and readers who message me and say, like, they'll send me the picture and be like, look, Adnan's on here. Is that Adnan? You know yeah. what I think you should do? I think you should go to Hawks games with your Twizzlers gear on. That way, you get put on camera. You're, I'm like, come on. Come uh, that, on, that, Twizzlers. That, that, that's another level. I'm gonna need Twizzlers to to, set, to start sending like full checks and so yeah. just you know. Yeah, we're gonna need the official point. Twizzlers endorsement uh, before we can start doing that. But like Twizzlers, I'll set up a crawl. I'll put up you know like the Falcoholic Live presented by Twizzlers. Like you right. say, I won't. Like I will do that. So I'm not above too. that. <laughs> and they're red. Like it helps. And they're red. That they it's perfect. Team yeah. color. Right. Exactly. It would fit I'll, right in with the motif. So I'll I'll try I'll try to eat Twizzlers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, like Twizzlers are good. Uh, yeah, I would eat yeah, a lot more of them if we were endorsed by Twizzlers. Are, so they are delicious. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to work. I'm gonna need you to work on that. That was a, that was a rookie read there, Derek. I'm gonna need you to pump that up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know if the Hawks games things will happen because you you know it's uh there's probably it, some you know rules. It, it's section rules. It's section rules that it has to be just full on Hawks gear. But yeah, yeah you know, yeah. on the show definitely. You know, I'm I'm already putting in the work on the show. Right. If you ever get interviewed yeah, you know, player at the Hawks game, you can be like, "Oh yeah, shout out to Twizzlers." You know, so we can work that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Twizzlers. Give us yeah. some work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, to to get back to it though, um, it is the dead period. But uh, check out, I've been doing a uh, Falcoholic bracket of the greatest Falcons moments. Uh, we've moved into the second round on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's check that out it's separate articles different regions the whole nine yards 64 plays full march madness stuff head to head uh and you know go on there vote for your favorite plays uh, because you know we're doing it completely for you for you know uh for your entertainment for to make some discussion now you know to discuss something other than just julio jones and you know we'll be moving into the sweet 16 on that so I'm, i'm really excited to see uh see who wins there's some there's been some uh really good plays in there some really nice upsets so you know it's something that's entertaining me as much as it is uh everyone else exactly yes so thank you to everyone who's contributed i remember when we you know this is the dead period so there's no better time to you know wax poetic this is basically we're transitioning to falcolock live after dark already but uh you know um we just really appreciate everyone and i appreciate all these guys for you know eric and i went on the air and did this show uh with obviously contributions from Adnan from time to time i think Adnan joined in maybe like a few months after um we officially got started in terms of coming on like every week but 
uh, there was there's a lot of weeks where it was like Eric and I and like 20 people tops. Uh, and you know, I, shout out to those 20 people who kept coming back every week because that was the foundation that, you know, that was tough. helped, uh, you know, but it's like 20 people, 20 people, man. I mean, the 20, the you, you 20, and I know who you guys are, like Solaire and Vlad and, uh, you know, a lot of you guys like followed us from Facebook and, and it, it was still, here, it so. was still 20 when I, when I first started coming on because you guys were doing it before I joined the Falcoholic. Yeah, and when I first started, when I first came on to the Falcoholic, the the live show immediately piqued my interest as something I wanted to to start doing and start being a part of. And I remember it was those Facebook, it was Facebook Live, and it was around twenty people even back when I. So it was even less before I was before I came on. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad we're off Facebook Live because that platform sucked uh, for many reasons. But uh, you know, YouTube has embraced us. Uh, the platform's just higher quality. The chat's better. The, the quality plus of it's probably easier to rewatch stuff oh yeah. right yeah facebook mm-hmm. yeah, sucks. And, and, yeah i've never yeah. watched like gone on facebook to watch videos yeah, so i sucks. imagine it's easier on youtube yeah oh it, yeah it, it's great like uh, i sometimes go and watch back the show and stuff and you know you, youtube does a fantastic job of just mm-hmm. making it as easy as possible and you know i, I enjoy going but going back uh through past shows and reading reading through some of the comments mm-hmm. Yep. And just see, seeing our progression uh, through the years of just, uh, you know, how we've matured and, you know, see, seeing our former takes from back in the day. Yes, uh, there's some legendary, like, takes, especially those older draft parties. Uh, those ones were, were excellent. I still like to go back and watch some of those. It's a good time. But, uh, yeah, guys, we won't keep you any more. Shout out to, like, the 70 people that have stayed on for, like, the last 15 minutes of us just talking about random stuff. But uh, thank you guys. Like I said, Friday, next patron Q&A session. Hit that up. If you're not already a patron, check it out. Consider it. Uh, we do appreciate that support. And if you're not wanting to be a patron, you just want to hang out, we're cool with that too. The patron Q&A will be up to watch uh, within like an hour or so of us finishing that up. So uh, 4 o'clock on Friday for everyone interested in that. Check that out. Um, but... Again, we really appreciate you guys. I appreciate all of the co-hosts, everyone for helping out. Um, you know, couldn't be here without you guys. Uh, it's a joint venture. It's never just been about me or any one person. And I think that's what makes the show so good is that we do have so many different perspectives, different personalities on here that all work well together. So, guys, uh, I will announce now that we will not have a show next week because it's my wife's birthday. And I think that would be rude to have a show on her birthday. So we're, I'm not going to do it. So we'll be taking next week off. We'll be back the week after that. Uh, we will be, you know, doing weekly as, as a general rule. But occasionally we may take weeks off uh, for, for various things. But, uh, yeah. So no show next week. But we will have the thing on Friday. And then we'll have the show a week after that. And obviously if any, like, huge news happens, we'll do something impromptu. But And also, also go Hawks. You yes. know, let, let's... But let's make the conference finals. Let's beat the 76ers at home in these next two games. You know, yes. let's let's do let's, it. Let's put on for Atlanta. You know, Atlanta's watching. I can't, uh, you know, can't wait to be in the arena for these next two games, uh, cheering the team on. So, you know, go shout out to Travis Schlenk and uh, everyone in the Hawks front office who's who've done a great job creating that team. I know it's the Falcon show, but you know, go Hawks. Definitely. Yeah, go Hawks, man. Go Hawks. It's been. A, I don't watch a lot of basketball. It's been fun watching them, honestly. So. Um, I, 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 you know, don't know a ton about the details, but it's entertaining. I'll give it that for sure. So maybe someday I'll be caught up, but I'll, I'll leave the basketball to Adnan and everybody else. Uh, uh, it's the most fun team in the NBA right now. They do seem very fun. So, 
All right, guys, have a great night. We'll see you in a couple weeks or on Friday for taking part in the Q&A. Until next time, have a great night. Enjoy the off season, and we'll be right back at you before you know it.